Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? My name is Giancarlo Herrera. What's going on, guys? It's your boy TV's T. Barry, the Boomer Reviewer. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Boomer Reviewer. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's your boy Terrence Barry coming back at you. I'm Nicholas Benetados. And I'm the other Nick. Not Benetados. (laughs) Palazzo. All right. And we have Amanda Fernandez Acosta in chat today uh, who cannot participate in the recording but will be acting as somewhat of a guiding force as someone who has not played the game we'll be reviewing today which is the last of us the original one not the one that is coming out the day that you're hearing this so uh <laughs> with the last of us part two in 2015 yeah uh, well i am i'm playing the remastered I mean, version so am i yeah it's not much of a difference <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple of different versions going on here but uh basically with the last of us part two coming out we thought it'd be a it'd be a fun idea to go back through the original Last of Us and see what we think, how it holds up, and have that experience as we lead into the new game, which will be coming out in a few days for you guys. So, to start off, I think let's uh, let's just recap our histories with the game, I guess. So, me personally, I watched the game as a, as a Let's Play back when it came out. I never actually got to play it myself until now. So... That's my experience with the game. I played that way back when the OG game came out. You know, I just thought it seemed interesting, even though I didn't really play games like that at the time. Um, I had just got done playing Resident Evil, and I was like, I need something new. And so I picked that up, and I was like, okay. My experience is pretty much like John's. I had Xbox 360 at the time, so I couldn't play it. Um, so I also watched it on YouTube first. That's back when, I think PewDiePie was playing it. Might have been him, yeah. To be yeah, honest, he definitely. Was. I remember watching a uh, uh, Toby Turner play it. I think was was mine. I can't watch him. He kind of sucks <laughs> at the games. <laughs> at the games, I'm sure he's. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's funny or whatever. But but that's like, his brand, though. That's his brand. I, I, yeah, I can't. I can't stand watching people who aren't good at the game. It's it's, it's actually funny. I think we'll talk about that in a bit. But it actually gave me like incredible anxiety when I got to certain moments in the game. Because I remember it being like impossible for him. For him. And then when I got through it, I was like, oh, okay. But anyways, sorry. Uh, That's the true boomer. So, reviewer. yeah, I played this game as soon as it came out because there was a lot of hot hype behind it. And um, I'm a big Naughty Dog fan, so I wanted to get it because it was like their new IP at the time. But it was also during a time where it seemed like everyone was in love with zombies of some kind and that was around the time the walking dead came out and there's just all this zombie shit everywhere so i'm like oh i gotta get it because i too like society love zombies for some reason during 2013 um i played it on normal mode back then it was in my top 10 list of games of all time it is no longer <laughs> um it, it's still fantastic though but this time around i played the remastered version and i played it on hard mode which i personally think is the ideal mode to play it on but um yeah it was a ton of fun again this time around sure sure did uh did i know i played the dlc and so did palazzo yep. did either of you ever get to play the, I the did dlc not but i wanted to 
I was too broke for I, DLC okay. back in the day. Yeah, I watched it, and that's all. It's about two hours. We'll, we'll get into that in a bit, but it's it's nothing too crazy. So, this being an older game, I think we were going to structure the review in, in a little bit of a way to lead you into The Last of Us Part 2, because I assume a lot of people listening are kind of listening to get that itch out, waiting for the game to, to drop very soon. So we're going to talk about some of the slightly less exciting aspects, which is more more of the actual consideration when you're buying the game as far as like presentation and how it holds up and its mechanics and how it runs and all of that. And then we'll dive into the actual gameplay and the story because I think that's going to paint a picture of what we're expecting as we go into The Last of Us Part 2, right? Yeah. So I have so many notes on this game, <laughs> so many more than I thought. Um... So I'm going to open it up to you guys vaguely. Just uh, what was, how was your experience playing it in 2020? Real quick, before you guys answered that, have any of you at all seen any of the leaks that have come out for The Last of Us Part 2? I tried to avoid no. them. Okay. No, okay. no, no, good. And good, stay away from I've it. stayed away from it, yes. so that did not taint my view at all of the second playthrough. Okay, I just wanted to Absolutely, and, and I, I want to mention that unless something really awful happens... When we get around to reviewing The Last of Us Part 2, at least myself, I intend to review it from someone who knows nothing about the game. I haven't even watched the trailers. Okay. All I know is this game, and I'm going to review it from there, because I know there's been some weird controversy yeah. and potential disappointment. I don't know what it's about, and, I'm, and I don't intend the, I don't to either. find out first until I've seen I've seen the first, first two trailers, trailers yeah. But, um, it was like a while ago. So. Cool. So, yeah. Um... What do we think playing it in in modern day? How does it how does it hold up for you guys? So nostalgic. It's kind of weird when you play it again because you're just like, okay, this is the route I took the first time. This is the route I'm gonna take the last time or the this time. Because I remember specifically playing it, and which is not really spoilers, but in the last of us, you can either go gung ho and try to kill everything, or you could just sneak around. Um, the first time I played it, I was just like, yeah, I'm not trying to fight anything, get my ass kicked. And I remember watching my, like, what was he, nine at the time? My nine-year-old cousin was just running around getting shot at and bit up by zombies, <laughs> wasting ammo. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I think this time around, yeah. I was just like, um, I'm going to take on this challenge. So sometimes I'll sneak around. Other times I'll just get bold to keep it, like, fresh. I, I think I kept it about the same, um... I when I finally got to play it, I was I was since I'm you know Metal Gear fan, I, I like the stealth mm-hmm. aspect of it a yeah, lot. So I went super stealthy. But as I got better, as the levels went on, it's like all right, I'm I'm I get what I'm what's going on here now. So I decided to uh, s- still stealthily, but like murder every <laughs> enemy in the level, zombie or bad guy. So I would end up just walking. If I wanted to backtrack, there would just be empty fields filled with bodies and I could just walk to <laughs> to and from. That's really interesting because I actually, I had such a weird experience with the game because I'm one of those people who, especially because I think this game sets uh, ambiance really well. Mm-hmm. You You buy into the world and... Even things like the artificial scarcity that it it creates by limiting your inventory space and then also limiting what you find in the world. That is something that I fully feel when I'm playing the game. Um, And one of the things that I found myself running into is that I wanted a little more choice 
in the game than I uh, than I guess I found. Uh, and I know this is a linear game, and I like my my good linear games, and I think it does itself well. But there were certain times where, like regarding killing all the enemies, in my experience, it felt like there were a lot of times when the game told you, "Hey," indirectly, it would be like, "Hey, you don't need to kill everyone here. Just go." Is at least how it felt for me in a lot of sections. I mean, no, they specifically would sometimes just be like, yo, let's go. And you're like, no, 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 I got business yeah. to take care of. Oh, my God. Yeah, so yeah, true. yeah. Yeah, a lot of games <laughs> a lot of games will do like, come on, we got to go. Let's go. And you sit there for 20 yeah. seconds, and then they go on their next <laughs> sound sample. Like, let's move it. Come on. And then they run out of sound sample, so they just keep repeating the same two after like a minute. Yeah, like, yeah. We got to go. We're running out of time. Let's go. We got plenty of time. I just made a sandwich and had Doritos. I came back and it's been half hour. I just finished watching Better Call Saul. You guys are still here yelling at me. <laughs> Bro, like, that guy's been plenty. walking past me for like the last 10 minutes. He ain't going to find me. Yeah, and his walk cycle yeah. has been like uh, how many laps he's made. Jesus Christ. Like I can, <laughs> I have plenty of time. This is artificial um, Yeah, hurrying me Pressure. up. Whatever. Time is an yeah. illusion. Yeah. See, it's funny you guys are saying that because I found the, the choice – came from the fact where you could skip an entire section of enemies or you could fight them. And if you choose to fight them, you could do it head on or stealthily. Like back when I played this, I I think it was 2013. uh, I thought every section was forced upon you to fight no matter what. Like even if you stealthily kill everyone, there's going to be another wave that comes in that you have to shoot because that's Mm -hmm. kind of the uncharted formula. And I thought it would be like that. But when I played it this time, there was like two or three sections I stealth my way around everything without touching an enemy and the game continued on. And I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea. There's a double-edged sword to that because you could skip a lot of resources and stuff, but I had no uh, idea that you could just jump from section to section without fighting a thing. It's not always I actually find that that more skillful if you can go undetected completely. I found that the game, in my opinion set up so that it was expecting you to come in like gung-ho let's kill everything at the beginning and expected you to get stealthier as time goes on which is kind of opposite to the instinct that i had coming in playing it because i came in you know wanting to do the metal here i wanted him to be snake and just there are two beasts inside of me when i play games there there is solid snake and there is kratos (laughs) um and so i started out wanting to solid snake everything and then in certain sections where, like, the AI would just do, like, dumb things. Like, I'd be sneaking around, nothing would happen, and, like, Bill would just trigger a swarm of clickers to all turn on me when I'm, you know, about to leave that section. And I'd be like, why is this happening? You know, I, I didn't do anything. What? Why, Bill? Why? So after that, I, I kind of... Then I wanted to be Kratos. And I will say, as Joel, being Kratos feels pretty good when you're not getting swarmed. Yeah, like, you can uh, beat someone up pretty effectively. But then the game suddenly started uh, throwing it the other way on me. Like, I remember there's one section where uh, you're you're inside a building, and you're you're in one of the upper floors. And as you get there, you've just killed all the people on the bottom floor. These two guys are coming around the corner, and there's not really anywhere you can go. So you're just up against the wall, and you're waiting for them to go into the stairwell. So in my head, I'm like, okay, cool. I take out the guy behind, and then probably the guy in the front turns around, and I just punch him, and we're good. And I remember just, like, stealth walking as fast as I could to try and choke them out, and they just got away. And I was like, oh, okay, I wanted to kill them, but I guess the game just expected me to let them go. 
Not that I couldn't. I'm sure if I got up and shot him, it would have been fine. But it was like, I found that I was often at odds with what the game wanted me to do regarding certain encounters. In reference to like how you say you think the game wants you to come in gung-ho, do you think that your wanting to come in stealthily was influenced by you watching someone else play it at the first time around? Uh, not necessarily. I think the re- uh, the stealth thing is, is very much a me, a me thing and being in that environment of the apocalypse and, and these creatures that are hunting you down and you don't have bullets. It's just my instinct in that environment was, hey, like, I, especially early on when, you, you know, when you're first crafting shivs and it's still like a big deal how long they last you. Yeah. I remember being like, uh-uh, I'm not wasting any shivs. <laughs> I found a, you're going through like the tutorial section and I crafted a shiv and it wanted you to do something with it. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I did something, I used some other item. I don't remember what it was. And I felt so clever. I was like, good, my free shiv is not getting wasted. I still have it. And then I got to a door and I had to use the shiv to unlock it. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> oh, I would only use the shivs on the doors because that had the best loot in it. Like, I wouldn't even use it on yeah. the clickers when I got that upgrade. I'm like, this is useless really? because I'm saving it explicitly for those doors. I never used it on a zombie if I, if I had the choice. For me, it was only doors and clickers. I had to use that shiv. No, I, I would usually take the hit. Because you can get the shivs to have durability themselves. So I would use yeah. it like on two zombies. And then with that last bar left, I would use it to open a door. Yeah. Maximum efficiency. Maximum efficiency. <laughs> you know what drove me insane, though, about um, certain sections that I thought, oh, maybe I could stealth my way through this? Was that um, two things, actually. There was no corner takedowns, to my knowledge. If you were like mm-hmm. crouched behind a corner and a guard was coming through the doorway... It wouldn't respond like you could oh, creep around, silently grab him back yeah. around and hold him down. It, yeah. Joel would immediately go into a super loud, sweep the leg, stab the guy takedown. And on that note, there was also times where I'm like, I'm perfectly fine. I'm behind the guy. I'm going to stealth him. Joel would still decide to super loudly kill him anyway. And I'm like, why though? Why did you do that? And I couldn't figure it out. I don't know if that happened for you guys. I think guys. that's just jankiness of the time. Because I ran into that a lot too. Like, especially, I was expecting a little bit more of that fluidity that you get from modern games. Where it, it's a little more Metal adaptive. Gear. With this one, it was like, you gotta... Exactly, Metal Gear. Um, it's like, <laughs> you gotta be right behind him. It's gotta be perfect to do that stealth takedown. You know, you can't you can't expect them to walk around the corner and you to take them down by surprise. No, no you yeah. have to be behind Phantom him. pain there spoiled no... me with that stuff. <laughs> exactly. And I think it did the same for me. <laughs> well, for me, it was um, Uncharted. Said... Uncharted had corner takedowns, I feel like, in yeah. most of those games. And they're both yeah. Naughty Dogs. So I'm like, why did they take that out? That they just wanted to feel grittier, I guess, for this game is my only explanation. Maybe. Oh, you think the, the old, not the newest one, the older ones had it? Yeah. As far takedowns? as I remember, Uncharted... Um, as far back as two, three definitely had it, and four absolutely had it. They had corner takedowns. Yeah, I remember they four, had right? over the ledge takedowns. They had all that stuff. Well, when you think about it, like 2013, right? This is, I mean, it's a few years removed. It's, and this is something that I thought of early on because I remember Palazzo, you texted me and, and told me about how the game did not look as pretty as you remembered it. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and to me, at least, I thought it looked. Fine, I, I, I thought it looked great because 
For me, the games that really stand out in design are the ones that take a really specific stylistic approach. Because when you get to that photorealism like The Last of Us, there's always going to be that missing element. So I never... I feel like there's pretty much no game I've played where I've been like, wow, this is real life on screen. Mm. I've always been like, well, it looks good, you know, but it's not like crazy. So to me, it was like, it looked like New Vegas if it was made by like wizards, you know, like, because you look at some of the textures, especially some of the, the the lower quality textures, like on the ground, you're like, yeah, this is, this is a New Vegas floor texture, but it's just mapped on a model that makes it look perfectly and it's lit well and it's colored well and it's. It's, it's these basic graphics that make it look really nice. But I, I think a lot of this jank that we encounter is just a product of its time. Because this is, what, 2013? So it's a seven-year-old game now? Yeah. I think, for me at least, the farther I got through the game, I realized it, some of it depended on the area. Because I, I think the entire lighting scheme of the game changed in the remastered version. Because I saw a lot more greens and blues so in the area where there was mm-hmm. a lot of greenery it looked beautiful it looked just like the first game the original game um yeah. versus the older one seemed to have like an orangey grittier tint to it so i think that was off-putting for me and i want to ask you guys a question about this how did you feel about the i don't know if it was locked at 60 fps or if it was fluctuating between different ones because that was what was really jarring for me at the beginning seeing that game and higher frame rates. And for me, it was noticeable. Yeah, it did. Was that a bad thing for you? During gameplay, no. But during the opening cutscene, I I think my eyes just had to get used to it. I'm like, what? Something's off. Something is off-putting. And I think it was because it was at a higher frame rate. But I don't know. I don't know what it was. I will say, I didn't didn't find much uh, performance issues, but there was... There was that jankiness. You know, I, I didn't necessarily encounter, like, drop frames or anything like that. But the things I did encounter, and I wrote a bunch of them down in my notes, was uh, for, like, for a good portion of the game, anytime it would switch from gameplay to a cutscene or the other way around, I would get, like, a gray screen in between. Almost like it was a loading screen, but it was, like, a brief flash. But it yeah. was noticeable. It was enough to be like, look, okay, we're going to a cutscene. Um, and later in the game, I died during one of the it's a gameplay sequence but one where like you you're basically just running like you can't really do much yeah. you don't have much control and i remember when it cut to the death animation um all of a sudden the all of the scenery disappeared and it was just a blue background <laughs> it was like the character models and like everything else was there but it was just this blue void that they were fighting in um and just general stuff like that but yeah everyone else i guess how was performance for you i think performance wise it seemed fine i mean just remember it being on ps3 so yeah being able to play on ps4 is a little better and i did like the 60 frames but uh, nick is right it did feel like a little weird just like seeing everything like that i got used to it after a while it was just the beginning i'm like whoa (laughs) i'm not used to seeing this game in a higher frame rate um did you guys notice the rogue blood splatter at one point? The rogue blood splatter? When when Joel got, without spoiling it, badly injured at yeah. one point, yes. he's like crawling his way through the facility with Ellie, and he leans up against a desk at one point, and there's like a uh-huh. guard coming at him. You can see the angle of the guard like walking towards him as Ellie's creeping around the other side. As he leans up against that desk, 
his blood where he got impaled is like trickling upward. Nice on the desk. <laughs> I did not, and I see think that. it's because of the remastered version. It highlighted that better versus on the old one. It kind of just shows up as a natural blood stain when Joel gets up. You could see it there, and you're you're like, oh, he's bleeding out. But in this, it started spreading upwards from his body, and I'm like, that's uh that doesn't look right. That was the only time I oh, noticed something like that, though. Um. Okay. How did you guys feel about the AI for the companions? <laughs> Stupid, oh, that was stupid. <laughs> that Ellie would walk into them, bump right into them, and the zombies oh. wouldn't detect a thing, or the bad guy wouldn't notice anything wrong. I had I had that a few times, um, but it that wasn't the one that bothered me too terribly. I was like, okay, it's whatever. When they gain unwanted attention, bro, always doing <laughs> something stupid. No, but 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 the one that, that that bugged me was they would get in the way during running sequences. When you when it's just like you just have to escape. It happened to me with Bill, and it happened to me later with Sam. When you're protecting Sam and you're running with him, I was trying to climb up into this area, and it's when all of when all of the runners are, are chasing you, and it's that for me. And I will say, besides the rough start because of the stupid AI that was going on, that for me was one of the most intense moments of gameplay in in the game. But. I, I was trying to climb up, and he's just standing on the ledge, so Joel can't climb. And so I'm just there getting, like, mauled by these zombies, and I'm trying to get up there, and I just can't. Yeah. And that happened a few times in the game, which annoyed me. It, it, it's something that, with this game, I was like, some of the best stuff about it is also comes with some of the most annoying. In that, I think it, this game, unlike a lot of games does a really wonderful job of integrating extra companions narratively. Like, you know, when you when you get uh, Tess or you get Henry and Sam or, you know, wh- whoever it is, these people join and pretty soon, instead of feeling like, you know, why am I carrying these characters around? Like, it feels natural to the story and it feels like I want them to be there and I want to learn more about their story. But then when you're playing the game, <laughs> uh, not all the time, but when they get in your way, it's just so frustrating. I get that. The game really does do a good job of making you actually care about your companions and like where they come from and what's going to happen to them. Yeah. But they are all 100% pretty much useless. <laughs> yeah. I remember. And that's, I, I will say Ellie at least doesn't get in the way. It doesn't feel like an escort mission. And something I thought a lot while we were playing this game is that like, I feel like The Last of Us had to walk so that God of War could run. Could Absolutely. Him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> could could pick up and, and just soar into the sky, you know? I felt that the whole um, time, definitely. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad thing at all, though, because I don't think it does anything poorly. It's just other games since then have taken these mechanics and, like, mastered yeah. them. The companions don't uh, not so much get in the way, more like they get away with too much because they're... Mm-hmm. run into enemies not getting detected i remember in bill's area he has all those traps and they're like careful trap up ahead and somehow ellie got to the other side of that trap skipping over him and she got to the other side of it like teleported there or something but r- wanted to come back to me and just as he warned us as soon as he warned us about the trap she walked right into it and exploded but she was fine 
And she got yeah. rid of the trap. For that me. happened to me. It was it was at the beginning of that section before you even meet Bill. And Joel's yeah. like, watch out for these traps. Duck under them so you don't set them off. <laughs> and Ellie's like, okay, Joel. Immediately walks right into the water. Blows up. I'm like, great. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. You're lucky She's there's unscathed. no zombies here. It's a downside of the fact that this being such a being a linear game and having that set structure you know characters can only die when they're supposed to die so that's how they chose to handle it and while i do think that's a little annoying i did not have the ellie setting off the traps which i know is very common but it didn't happen to me um maybe it's just because i was like stealth crouching my way through everything but yeah um i will say that i prefer this to her, like dying of her own accord and getting the mission failed, and having the whole game feel like right you because know, then a it'd be super annoying. Mission. Yeah, I mean, I would almost prefer that, like not necessarily her dying, but like if she got injured and you, it would really bring up, like, up. scarcity of like everything you have. Like, oh, she's hurt. I have to use like the one bandage that I have to go help her out. Sure. Well, I, I think the the closest thing to that is if you're getting swarmed, uh, they'll be. You'll have a timer. They'll be getting attacked by a zombie, and you have a timer to get that zombie off them before yeah. they're killed. Yeah. That's, that's their version yeah. of that, where you have this amount of time to save them while they're getting grabbed. Otherwise, they but don't really go into it too much. I'm glad you said something about resources, because uh, in this game, and maybe it's because I played on normal mode, but even Palazzo and I, because he left he lended me resident evil 2 remake yeah and even that game on normal the resources i was limping through that game to get by i was barely scraping by with the resources and this game i uh last of us i um i got used to it pretty quickly and i was you know i was running i was getting too much resources so i had to leave some behind or i was like yeah all right i guess i'll make this explosive mine because i have nothing else to do with it and so yeah, for a game about survival, it was an abundance of resources. My my hoarder tendencies definitely showed up in that aspect, and I was like, okay, I want my inventory to be full. Yeah. And then when I have all the resources, if there's something I can't pick up, then I'll craft an item that uses that, so I can keep my inventory full. <laughs> uh, and then that way, I have it like always I available had an to me. Overabundance of everything except shivs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah, once you get, like, halfway through the game and you start getting, like, the new, more powerful guns, at that point, the game's like, okay, the, the jig is up. Uh, yeah, here, just have whatever you want. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll limit bullets from now on. That, that'll be our thing. That's why um, I said at the beginning that I think the ideal way to play that game is on hard mode because, Nick, hard mode in this game is the same exact experience as you would play Resident Evil on normal i was struggling for resources and i was thorough in searching buildings um and I, I was desperately trying to hoard ammo but it came to a point where the swarms would just be too much and i would have to fire bullets obviously and um i th- there was times where i was crafting a molotov cocktail to save my life because i had no bullets um yeah. and if you got to the next area it would reward you with more ammo and all that stuff and it, it was a nice balance i think in hard mode um the enemies hit harder but it felt more like a survival horror game to me that way i just i remember picking up a lot of bricks and using that to kill people just always keep a brick in my inventory yeah and and if i had to use a resource i would use the brick (laughs) mine was i would only use the brick if a human was about to spot me 
Like, if they were coming and I knew there was no way, like, around it and I was trying to stealth, I would throw the brick at their head and then do the stealth takedown. Well, did you know you high. can melee with the brick and it's a one-hit kill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell me how I never really thought of using the brick as a distraction until, like, late game when I had to fight <laughs> humans. And I was like, oh. Well, that's... Do, do we want to save DLC for later or do we want to dip into it kind of as we go? Because I will say there's something really cool that the, the DLC does gameplay-wise. Isn't the DLC kind of, like, pre-game? It's a prequel. Yeah, it's a it's, prequel. It's, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Let's, uh... If you haven't played the DLC, it's it's a short two-hour thing that kind of gives you a little more uh, a little more history on Ellie's backstory, which it's something she mentions very fleetingly in the main campaign towards the end, but then it shows you that whole thing, which is really nice to play, in my case, like right after I finish the game. Um, one of the things that the, the DLC does super well, which was I did not see much or any of really in the in the main game and I think it was because it was so much shorter that they were able to fine tune these these experiences and moments is that there are the most of it takes place in a mall and so there are a couple of moments where like you know a bunch of clickers will show up um but you're fighting these dudes and the first time it happens I feel like a genius and then the times after that I'm like oh the game is setting this up but Essentially, these dudes are arguing and, like, the clickers are there and they're slowly shooting, you know, taking out the zombies as they go. But you can just throw the brick into the middle of the dudes and all the zombies will swarm them. And then you wait, like, a minute and there's just one enemy left of the, like, seven that were originally That was my favorite part of the DLC, that mechanic right there of using other enemies to your advantage. Yeah. I hope they add more of that into, into the sequel because that... That gameplay, because I'm sure, you know, you could have stealth your way through all of them if you wanted to. But having at least that option, like having that mix of enemies together is really great. Because the main game just did this thing where it was, you're either fighting zombies or people. Right. Zombies or people. It was never a um, mix. Which is fine. A- a- and I will say, the, the gameplay is pretty tight, you know, when you're not having that occasional glitch. I think it's it's fun gameplay. It feels good. But I do want to see that variety in a in a newer game. I think now that they've made... Oh, go ahead, TJ. I was just saying it's kind of like Monster Hunter, when you can get like sure. beasts yes. fight each other if they get into each other's territory. Absolutely, yeah. I I think now that Naughty Dog has made a game as great as Uncharted Four in terms of gameplay, they need to take some of that stuff and put it into The Last of Us Part Two, because Ellie is faster and more mobile. I feel like so you mm-hmm. have room to play with that in the sequel. And the whole time while I was playing the first Last of Us, I couldn't help but think, in some parts, not all the time, I I kind of would rather be playing Uncharted right now just because of the mobility and the fluidity of the combat in that game. Uh, But again, they want to make a grittier survival experience in The Last of Us because it's not supposed to be an action-adventure game like Uncharted is. That's something I really enjoyed about the section where you do play as Ellie because a lot of games do the thing where you swap to a different character for a second and it's a lot of times it can just be a tedious thing and you're waiting to get back to the other person. Um, But something I really liked about the way this game executed it was Joel is fun to play as. I like that the atmosphere and, and the tension that you carry in the sections where you play as Joel. But then when you swap over to Ellie, it's that's the point where stealth is your ally because she's quicker she's quieter but she's also smaller so she's not as strong so like when you go to melee people you pretty much 
always take damage. Yeah. You know, gu- guaranteed. Because you're going to be loud when you jump on his back. And then his friends are going to see you and they're going to shoot you. Or it's going to be one of those contested, like, button mashing moments. And you're going to take damage. So it's very much like with her, it was the bow. And, you know, throwing a brick at someone, some dude's face and taking him down and running away. That's definitely my favorite part of the game was playing as Ellie. Because it almost feels like it was like an afterthought when you're in it. Like, this is the way you're supposed to be playing this game. And this is, like, the max potential of this game. And I think it worked. It, it was also paced beautifully because it gives you... It's far enough in the game that it suddenly feels fresh again. Because you have to stop and rethink your tactics because you can't play as Joel. And it lasts just long enough that you're like, I could play more of this. But then Joel's return narratively is such a, like, perfect moment that cutscene and then the the breaking in between to then slowly ease you back into playing as Joel, I think was uh was really well done. O- overall, the pacing in this game I think is what impressed me the most from the from the beginning. It was one of the first notes I had, and even as you continued, it uh it worked really well from the beginning where you're just you're moving, you know, you're watching a movie and you're walking, to then you're doing some basic combat. It's mostly against people, to then introducing the zombies, to then you know, an hour or two later, it introduces the clickers to then later in the game, it's these harder enemies and these better guns and all of this. It does a really good job of like drip feeding you new things to to not let it get stale. Yeah, the pacing, I think um, just the jumping back and forth between high intensity moments and moments of calm where it almost feels like real life. Just moments when you're looting houses and then you hear like, oh, Ellie's playing darts and uh, those moments like you, you kind of relax into it and you almost forget mm-hmm. the world that you're in and then you immediately jump back into your life is being threatened you need to manage resources and all this stuff so the flip-flop of that i thought was very very well done i love that aspect of it yeah gotta give it to that clever programming <laughs> if since you touch on on the darts i think now might be a good time to kind of move into narrative ish territory right Sure. Unless someone else wants to touch on, on other mechanics, but I think there's, there's a lot we can talk about. Maybe one more, but this is like sure. a not. I think this is a naughty dog thing, if I remember right, because I know in Uncharted they do this. Um, when I see an, an area with waist high walls, I immediately know mm-hmm. I'm entering some kind of combat area yep. that's gonna show with, up with your brother. Uh, when you're walking through the the dam. On before you start combat, because you walk to an area to help them get a generator going, and then a yeah. bunch of enemies show up. On your way to it, you go, okay, okay, I'm going to be fighting people in about yeah. two minutes when this cutscene's over. That's true. I I forgot about that. They did not do a good job of hiding when a combat moment would happen. <laughs> and they still struggle with that, because Uncharted 4 had that too, where I knew immediately when I was going to... And believe it or not, they did a better job in Uncharted 4 than they did in Last of Us and previous Uncharted's of hiding that. But you're absolutely right, for sure. So, Yeah, I think that's the only other thing I remember, being unimmersive. But why are we shitting on this beautiful game? So, uh... (laughs) Let's talk about (laughs) (laughs) it. I I will say, I mean, not, not to give away how I feel about the game. Like, I can nitpick it to death, you know. I think we can do that with anything. But I think the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Oh yeah, you know. Like you said, it's uh, it's because of its time. It's gonna have exactly. some yeah. wonkiness. On that note, 
I guess uh, we're gonna potentially be entering spoilery territory. When oh, we cross that line, we'll be shoot. sure to let you know. Get no, down. Get down. <laughs> now you don't have to put in post. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um, let's just start. Let's start big. How did we feel about this story? Revisiting this story and, and the way that it's told today loved it even more yeah i still like yeah it. Uh, can we uh did anyone else have the big yike moment uh early on in the game when you keep hearing the quarantine zones oh my and god the epidemic oh, oh and uh everything yeah. just seems so tone deaf even though this game came out seven years ago <laughs> Even, even it just regarding the um, like the the military and the guarding of the zones and like you know the the potential connection to police brutality and all of that, there was so much that I was like, oh god, why is this so awful now? Um, I don't. It wasn't like an icky feeling though. It didn't like stay throughout the game. It was just when you first hear those terms popping up in an old game, you're like, ah. Makes you feel bad because you were just like, this, I'm playing this game to escape this. And then, yeah. <laughs> well, even in some parts, they showed the relationship between the higher ups and the people because there was some writing on the wall yeah. sometimes that said like, why are you taking our food, uh, mm-hmm. things like oh, that, yeah. and it, it kind of showed without telling you that the people rised up in certain areas against these people because they were so scummy about hoarding food and using it on themselves. I don't know if you guys remember those sections. Absolutely. To me, that means it deserves even more credit because they wrote it so realistically. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think they also do a good job of, it was something that The Walking Dead did well for, for a really good time. And I think that's why being a fan of The Walking Dead at the time when these things were exploding and the reason I didn't like a lot of other zombie content is because I think this this game does a really good, good job of using the infected as as a scenario as this kind of environmental world changing thing and having that set the scene for a story as opposed to having the monsters be the story you know yeah. they're there they're a threat they're environmental almost but really you're there for the characters you're there for the people who are still alive and i think they did it better than walking dead personally and i was a big I, fan of yeah, that show well, too because this scenario is could possibly it already happens to the bugs the cordyceps well yeah yeah yeah. you get zombie that's a ants and grasshoppers ants. Yeah. yeah so if it jumps to humans we could be seeing the same thing and i thought that was super clever at i didn't think about it too much this time around but Back when it came out, you know, back in 2013, and I remember reading about that because I, I don't know how I had come to know about that fungus that kind of takes over the, uh, the ants' brains and and basically zombifies them. But when I found out that that was the inspiration for the game, I thought that was the most clever yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. I've ever seen, especially yeah. when you keep getting the same kind of zombie games with the same symptoms. You know, like Walking yeah. Dead still doesn't make sense because yeah you hit him in the brain but there's no blood pumping anywhere and they yeah they yeah. could survive without the head or whatever with the head cut off i think um, so yeah thought that was smart yeah the cordyceps i guess let's because one of the things that stuck with me was the companions so i kind of want to go back to that for a second and see how effective we kind of felt that these relationships were across the board 
with the different companions. Because um, one of the big moments I remember I, I texted you guys when we got there was I had completely forgotten about Henry and Sam. Like 100%. When they popped up, it was just like, it was that moment where when you get all the memories back. And I was like, oh my god, this section is, it's such a lovely little part of the story. And so realistically told, I feel like, like, I, I could have seen myself being Henry. Absolutely. Like all the way through from him leaving them because he's got to protect his little brother to to then, you know, being a good guy, but also not going to let Joel walk over him. And then eventually that the tragic ending as well. Like it was it was a very realistic story, I, I think. Yeah, that's that's totally part of, I think, the mastery of the storytelling, because all of these characters throughout the journey, I feel are gripping you just happen to spend the most time with joel and ellie and like you i totally forgot about henry i totally forgot about tess i'm forgetting the younger brother's name because i forget sam i've forgotten it again but as soon as i got to those sections with them it all came rushing back to me like i immediately remembered i know exactly what happens to them i know how it happens i know where it happens but um, the overarching narrative of the whole game is just so ingrained into you and in how amazing the ending is. You almost forget those other great things throughout the game, not because yeah. it is forgettable, but because it's also amazing. The game does a really good job of like really connecting with all the characters in a sense that you get, you know, where they came from, exactly their allegiances, how they're connected with Joel. Or how they're connected with Ellie, how they feel about him, how they feel about the other person. And then it really just like makes you care about this person long enough in like the span of an hour, which is ridiculous. And then usually it happens badly, but you know. Yeah. Talking about Tess, how did we feel about that arc and, and, and the effectiveness of that? I'm curious. I thought it lasted longer. I remember in the original game, I was convinced like, oh, yeah, she's in this game half the time. But when I realized uh, the point where we're in spoiler mode, where she, you know, bit the yeah. dust, I'm like, oh, she was only in this game for like two hours. But they still built her character enough, I think, to where I cared about the death. And I like that they were almost subtle. They were pretty subtle with the relationship between her and Joel to where... I didn't quite know what it was, but you could kind of assume things here and there. And and I like Mm -hmm. that method of storytelling of just kind of showing through dialogue, but not telling you explicitly what that is. I was going to say, actually, that for me, Tess was the least effective of of the companions, kind of for that reason, Um, because I feel like there just wasn't enough definition. You know, I, I don't need you to like throw in some gratuitous scene between the two of them or anything for me to understand their relationship. But it was so kind of up in the air until after her death that I was curious, you know, when she shows up, especially you not knowing the dynamics of how this like society works. Cause yeah, she shows up at like his apartment, but it's like, does she work for him? Clearly they have, you know, familiarity, but like, are they friends? Are they more than friends? Are they just that? It was kind of up in the air, and then when she dies and Joel suddenly doesn't want to talk about it, I was like, okay, I get it. They're trying to show you, you know, this this dude's going through hell, and he's having all this loss and this trauma that needs to be processed, and blah, 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 blah. But I just, I wish that that moment had had a little more impact with a little more definition somehow. 
you know. How did you feel about uh, discovering Bill's lover hanging from the ceiling? Oh man, that note. Yeah, I forgot about that. That note was brutal. Yeah. And he's like, I can yeah. tell it's him. The stupid shirt. <laughs> oh my god no yeah you're, the, you're talking about the note that you find in the next room over in, right? in the cabinet yeah yeah and it's yeah it's, where he basically uh, he, he tells bill to go fuck himself yeah he's like, you know what yeah he's like i found your stupid car and it's not gonna work and i'm gonna die but you know what i'd rather die than spend another day living with you but i'm pretty sure he hung himself and you can find the body with the yeah, stupid yeah, he shirt hung on. himself yeah yeah when you when you walk in that's the first thing you see but okay before yeah. you leave you can loot the house and there's a note and that he the wrote note, to him right before yeah. he died and it was rough and I appreciate and you, can it, Joel, and you can hand it to Bill. You can't. Or does he just read it to him? You can no, hand it to him no. or he reads it to him. No, I was going to say Joel doesn't comment on it at all, which I was like, oh, okay, no? I respect that. Because usually when you read one of those notes, Joel makes some comment about it most yeah. of the time. <laughs> but for that one, he just goes, Ugh. He, he, he like makes a sound, but he doesn't show it to yeah. Bill at all. And I'm like, okay, oh, that's cool. I that's really cool. Okay. That Bill, yeah. he's going to let Bill go on not knowing how much that guy felt about him. Yeah. 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 It was really neat. Those moments of, of ambient storytelling, so to speak, were, were actually some of my favorites. And it was something that early on in the game, which I think is just because it's a tutorial section. At first, I felt like they were doing a really bad job of using extra space. Like, cause I'm the person who goes and like explores through everything. Like, like in Doom, I try to get a little, a little codex and and all of that stuff. And in this game, sometimes I would go down a path, and it would just be nothing. Like, not even you know, yeah, not even one of the like Easter egg skeletons like in some position or anything. Later on, the game does a good job of being like, hey, look, this is an other path. It's probably not your main path, but it's a path, and there's gonna be something in here. But if it doesn't explicitly tell you that then it's just not worth exploring that like nook but for the stuff that is in there there were some really wonderful moments as far as like finding notes and him discussing them with ellie or even uh did you guys find the ish notes i think so uh the guy it's, in uh, the sewer yeah you first find him on the boat yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love and when it's, it's him writing his like I'm probably gonna die, and then you find out he made it to the sewer, and he made it yeah. to these people, and he made it to this other hotel, and like all these. I was, I started like that was when I became really like obsessive about searing every corner and trying to. <laughs> oh no, yeah, the notes, uh, the love, notes were fascinating. Um, I love that kind of stuff, and Fallout and Bioshock do the same kind of thing. So yeah, I always love when they yeah they leave stories for you to find um, for a reward kind of for exploring. You get more Absolutely. story. Yeah. Normally, I don't I don't care about that stuff, but in this game, they almost like make you care because every story yeah. in the note is so brutal. Well, like like uh like in Doom, like you're just getting a little codex, like something to give you lore, right? And mm-hmm. it's like I could just look it up online, I guess. Like for, to me, it doesn't mean much. Um, but yeah, like a little you see if I walk into a room and I see some funny looking scenario, like a half of the bodies over here and half the bodies over there, I pick up the note. It's like, yeah, uh, well, yeah I always knew you were fucking two sided. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. you- oh my god, I, uh, on that note, actually, one of the ish notes is uh, someone from the group that he was living with in the sewer talks about how like after the infection spread they had to lock themselves in this room and they couldn't get out yeah and he was oh, like man. i think they're gonna get in i don't know what to do i'm locked in here with the kids yeah and then you yeah. look and it's his body's in the corner and there's a bench with three blankets over really that's tiny right bodies that's, that's right tiny skeletons yeah 
Yeah. That is so powerful to me when you do it like that. Yeah. Oh man. That's immersive. And there was And it's also if you if you follow that same thread also cuz later on after you leave the sewers and you're in the houses where you find out later that some of the people escaped to, you see some of them writing about like I'm so worried about her and the kids, like what happened to them, like all of this. Um so it's yeah, I I think and... they did a really cool job of you know, maybe they didn't pack every single inch with stuff, but when they did put stuff in there, it seems like they really cared about crafting something meaningful. There was also the two dead bodies in the bathtub at that one point where I think they led you to believe it was like a husband and wife that died together in a bathtub or something. They didn't even leave a note hmm. behind. It was just something you could surmise. And that yeah. kind of yeah. that detail is awesome. Or when you get to the, the hospital and in one of the cutscenes, he's walking in and there's a skeleton in the chair with the bullet hole through his head yeah. Yeah. and his arms dangling down and there's a gun on the ground and like just those little moments that make the world feel complete. Yeah. Yeah, I thought those were lovely. And I, on on the topic of, I guess, companions and, and storytelling and, and notes and stuff, I think the DLC did that super well also. Mm-hmm. Because starting out, I... um Oh my god, what was her name? Riley? Yes. Okay, so uh, yeah, Riley, who is Ellie's friend slash potential lover. Um, At first, I remember when I heard her voice, I was like, that's not a little girl. That is a full-grown woman. <laughs> So that, like, it, it started on, like, a, ooh, okay, we'll see. But as it went on, I, I kind of got over it. And uh, and the story that they crafted was actually really nice. Because you know how it ends. It has that, uh, it's almost the, the Better Call Saul versus Breaking Bad syndrome. Where the DLC is, is the Better Call Saul. You know what happens. You know Ellie gets bitten. You know she doesn't turn. You know Riley's gonna die. But you don't know how you get there. So it really gets to flesh out all of those moments. And it is such a wonderful journey to go on. Especially when you get to the arcade. Um, yeah. That section was my absolute favorite. When she closes her eyes and she's imagining playing the arcade game. Because right as that was coming to a close, that was when I realized I went, oh, she's about to get bitten. This is it. This is the moment. But then it does such a good job of delaying it. And every time, with every delay, it throws you a mini game that takes just enough effort to distract you. So, so you get lost in it, and you get lost in having fun with your friend. And then, as it comes to an end, and you kind of you stop focusing on that, you go, "Oh, she's gonna die," and then it doesn't happen again. You know, another mini game happens, and this other thing happens until finally, when it happens, it's devastating. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know how you felt. How do you feel about their their romance? I'm curious. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, didn't yeah. feel shoehorned in any way, at least to me. Um, the vibes were there from the beginning, so it was a little obvious <laughs> throughout the mm-hmm. whole time. Um, and to your point of like, oh, that's a full grown adult. That's what they sound like. I thought the dialogue was written like they were speaking like full grown adults, which pulled me out of it. Absolutely. But I, yeah, I also enjoyed the fact that for all those little cute moments, you forget what's going to happen at the end of that arc. And you also forget what's happening to Ellie. Um, not really in real time, because that's also in the middle of the last of Us story, but you forget yeah. about all that stuff too, because that's the combat focused area of the DLC. Yes. And I, I thought they did a good job with it. I think Nick disagrees. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I just thought that the DLC itself didn't um, offer anything new. I guess for me, we we still know that how that it's going. Yeah. The result, 
So for yeah, but it's cute. absolutely it's not DLC. If you okay, like if you were going out to buy this game today, you were like, I want to play The Last of Us, and they say, okay, do you want The Last of Us or do you want to pay an extra fifteen dollars to play the DLC as well? I would say it's not worth the extra fifteen dollars. No, if it's no. not already bundled in, because as and and it's it's kind of a shame, and I think it just has to do with the fact that it's short and the fact that it is this this kind of a parallel timeline slash prequel setting because the combat is some of the tightest that I played in the game. And, and the story is super, super effective as well. Like I remember when they get in the photo booth, uh, you choose the theme that you want and there's like, there's love and then there's friends. And I was like, no way Ellie, Ellie would not, there's no way she's going to pick love. And then she clicked friends and they don't kiss for like a long time. And I thought, I was wondering for a second, I was like, by choosing friends, did I, like, screw her out of it? Did I, like, friend zone <laughs> her her girl? And I felt so bad, like, so that when it finally happened, I was like, okay, thank God, they kissed, now she can die, it's fine. <laughs> but I was going to feel real bad if it didn't happen at some point before she died. Um, so I thought, it, it's a lovely experience, but it's just, yeah, it's not necessary. And, and I think it's, you can kind of get enough of from just, like, watching, like, a movie version of it on YouTube or whatever, you know? Um, I hope they reference Riley in the next game. In some oh, they way. will. For you sure think they, they will? will? Oh yeah, I bet. Because I think that'd be neat. Yeah, I, I I hope they bring back a lot of stuff from both the DLC and the uh, the base game into the sequel. Because there's a lot of moments in the game where Ellie's trying to learn new things. She's learning how to whistle. She's learning. Um, she doesn't know how mm-hmm. to swim. Uh, she she's learning. Oh, about she wants that. to know how to play guitar. And based on, I won't spoil anything in the two trailers that I've seen for The Last of Us Part 2, but in promotional art, you could see Ellie playing the guitar. And that's yeah, one yeah. thing that they have a little bit of dialogue in the game of Joel wants to teach Ellie how to play guitar. And she's like, oh, I'd love to learn. And me knowing what happens in The Last of Us uh, 2 trailer and the promotional art, I'm like, oh, that's super cool. She learns how to play guitar from Joel. And I hope they do little things like that for some of the other things that she's trying to learn in the first game. Well, that's the um, that's the big opportunity they have here with this game. And that's the big opportunity they also have to drop the ball. Because this game did such a wonderful job of progressively showing you and dealing with Joel's trauma. Um, and the way it kind of manifests and you, you naturally attaching yourself to this girl and then also seeing her grow and then also seeing the fact that she has all this trauma as well. And especially, oh my God, can we take a second to talk about, uh, the section where you're playing as Ellie? I, I, what's his name? Daniel, the bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen that bad guy in 20 million different forms of media. Mm -hmm. Very rarely does he ever feel that nasty. Um, to me, he felt very, very effective. And maybe it was just the attachment I had to Ellie or whatever. Um, but I like, it made me nervous when he was around. Um, and the fact that, you know, this girl has all these problems with, you know, attachment and and being left behind. And then on top, she has this, now this like survivor's guilt on so many fronts. You know, she has the trauma to deal with from this weird experience of being, kidnapped you know uh, almost molested and almost eaten and then later on uh the fact that she's gonna have to reckon with the fact that she is alive potentially at the cost of everyone else uh 
Um, and that was something that I forgot about the ending. I did not remember how it ended. Really? I knew he rescued Ellie. I knew he rescued Ellie and they left. I forgot that he lies to her at the end. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's one of those endings that that stuck with me over the years yeah, to like the point where carry over cuz wasn't like a choice. Like no, there's no, no choice. You, he just does. He just does it. How how you do can you choose whether or not to shoot the scientists that have their hands <laughs> up? That, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> how did you It's funny it. because they're both they're both struggling with the same the same kind of problem that that loss and that the fact that everyone they care about leaves them through death or, or otherwise. And so there's there's Joel's instinct, which is whatever you find, you hold on to it and you hold it tight. And then there's Ellie's instinct at points, and especially when there's a good reason where she's like, maybe maybe we just let go, you know? So I think that's you have good conflict leading into the next game. So when it comes to Joel how did you guys feel, or how do you remember you guys feel the first time you played the game, your interpretation of Joel and his decision, and how did you feel about him the second time you played through this game, like now? Has it changed, or did you feel about the same way towards him? Because my opinion of him changed. Hmm. So I'm curious to see what you guys think. Yeah, like his decision at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and overall throughout the game, his character. I think it's kind of cool because, like, you wouldn't expect him because, like, throughout the game, he's, like, this rough guy. I say what I mean and, like, I do whatever I want and all that, that kind of shit. And then you get to the end and, and after he's, like, basically murders an entire hospital of people to get, like, the last person that he <laughs> care about in this world. And then he just, yeah, like, I'm not going to, like, this girl's been through enough almost. Um, with his decision, so I like I almost respected it more because it's like older and I can think more about it. And just like I respect that. Yeah, it's a bit like a antihero, I guess, or like he's like the Walter White or Tony Soprano. Where you, he's a he's technically that I think it's a immoral thing. It's a bad guy yeah. thing to do, but it's justified. I still also think I'm. I don't. I'm, I ain't mad at it. I mean, it still you know? kind of gives her like hope as opposed to like straight yeah. up despair like no those guys were assholes they just wanted to kill you because you have to also consider uh the time when i know he talks about this with tommy his brother when he was like leading them before and they, i think mm-hmm. they were also looters and that's how he was able to tell when like a I think he could tell when, the, yeah, he the could scam. tell when the setup was happening. When the guy's like, yeah. "Come help me, I'm hurt, I'm hurt," and he's driving the car, he's like, he starts backing up immediately. He's like, "Oh hell no," because he knows, and he's probably done that same trick mm-hmm. to another poor soul who showed up, and he, he had says to, it, yeah. Oh, he did say that. Yeah. Okay. She was like, "How did you know?" And he goes, "I've been on both ends of that." Yeah. Uh, or something like that. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so that yeah, it's not too surprising i guess for him to do pull off that kind of thing either well you know when when the world goes to hell it's kind of like and okay strictly like morally speaking if you want to debate it philosophically or whatever my stance would be that yeah the right thing to do is to give up her life in exchange for potentially saving humanity if we're talking about realistically, though, like if I were put in his shoes, I would absolutely do what he did without question, yeah. without question. Like it would it would not be 
there would not be a shred of doubt that I would mow through whoever I had to mow through to get to her. Um, if it meant the rest of the world dies and, you know, whatever. That's just, that's, that's selfish, emotional human nature. And um, I think as a gamer, I was just being stingy. And I was like, there's no way I played this long with this girl connected with her. <laughs> To let her die now. Not if I can help it. That See, okay, that's kind of what I was getting at, though. All those things you guys said. Because the first time I played through this game, I was absolutely on the side of he's been through so much shit. He, his daughter died at the beginning of the game, which still made me cry to this day. He, he's gone through all this. You could totally understand and justify why he made his choice. It's like, okay, my character, my protagonist deserves this at this point to have a life with this um sort of his second daughter essentially but Mm -hmm. this time when i played through the game throughout the whole thing i'm like joel's kind of an asshole and they drop hints throughout the game about the decision he's going to make at the end because i don't know if you guys remember this but at the very beginning of the game when you're in the car with tommy and sarah and you're playing as sarah you're driving by this family on the side of the road yeah. and they're like, Hey, stop. Yeah. And Tommy's like, okay, we'll stop and help him out. And Joel's like, no, no. keep going. He cared about his but life. I don't blame him though. And his I family. I do not blame him. No, like he's making rational decisions for survival, yeah. but the whole time he does that, he is all about survival in his yeah. life over the life of humanity in general. And there was another moment um, where I was like, wow, Joel's kind of a monster. Where Ellie ran away on horseback, right? And he finds mm-hmm. her in that house and she's telling him about all these abandonment issues she's having Ooh, and she yes, doesn't yes, want him yes, to yes, leave yes. and all that. And Joel spits out after all that, he's like, you're right. You're, you're right. not my daughter. And walks and away. And I sure as hell ain't your dad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you kidding me? Joel's yeah, like, he's but- borderline the villain of the game. My stand's completely he's awful. switched. He's, he's, the way he got the information to find Ellie. Yeah. yeah. By that torturing was, uh, those guys and killing yeah. them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a benevolent But that's person. the thing. Like, I feel like that's so realistic. I don't know. Maybe maybe something's wrong with me. But, like, no, I no, feel no. that if I were Joel and you took my girl, I'm going to torture you, get what I need, and I'm going to kill you. Exactly. Why am I going to let you go? Like, you know, especially exactly. in that world. Yeah. In that I think world, that's the point. You know? Yeah. But I think it For also sure. sets up. To the point where the gamer is, in a way, supposed to feel torn because there's the the side, I think TJ, you mentioned it, where you have this girl that you're dragging along with you throughout the whole game. And at the end, you're like, come on, I'm not about to drag her all the way through this however many hour game and have her die on me. But on the flip side of that, you've gone through all this crap of fighting yeah. zombies of humans crafting shivs so you could defend yourself against clickers which are terrifying you holding your breath throughout the whole game of of collecting ammo and surviving and joel choosing ellie over curing the disease is kind of a middle finger to you going through the video game because you're like half of that crap that i went through could go away if you use ellie as the cure i won't have to deal with that in last of us part two if all the clickers go away you know <laughs> even the whole mission the, the entire the mission of the game of is the entire mission of the game is just thrown away because yeah. the whole point risking your life was to get there right so in a kill. way that it kind of pays joel is like the uh, come on man Fuck you, player. 
Yeah. You're, you're your ultimately not choosing to survive, even though you've chosen up until now to survive. Yeah, like your life has been ruined by all this, and the one chance you get to redeem it, you're just like, nah. Yeah. Well, I think it's less about just surviving, and for except for probably when you pick them back up later, you know, 20 years later. But especially once he gets attached to Ellie and early in the game, it's it's less about surviving, it's about protecting. Oh, yeah, that's when and, like, and that's where that instinct is. It's, he doesn't care if he dies. He cares if his daughter's gonna die, you know? That's true. Because um, that means more than anything else that he has in this world. Um, to their detriment, but though. I, 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 yeah, I, oh, absolutely. And, and I think the, the, the part that potentially sets up the drama and, and the villainy, so to speak, is the fact that the Fireflies do not give Ellie a choice. The Fireflies secretly go through all of this knowing that she's going to die, and at no point tell her anything. The mistake that Joel technically makes is not giving her that choice. Yeah. Not saying, hey, I took you because they were going to kill you, and you didn't even know. Um, And at that point, that's a selfish... That's his survival moment. That's, I can't give you that choice because I think I know that you are smart and kind enough that you you may leave me. And if you leave, then I cannot survive. So I'm going to take this choice away from you too. So it's just, it's from Ellie's perspective, there are bad guys on either side. It was the same with Tommy too. There was that dialogue when you meet up with Tommy again, where they're talking about them surviving together in Boston. And Joel's like, oh, you piece of crap. You survived because of me. And Tommy's like, I wish I hadn't. I went through hell because of you, you know? That's true. It's the same thing. Like, even though Joel's protecting others, he's still living for himself. Mm. And and it's to the mental damage of these other characters in the world, you know? Absolutely. And and that's the... what I think is the beauty and power of that story. It's this realistic portrayal of selfish selflessness, you know? Yeah. Um, and this, this way that trauma manifests in people and the way that you let your trauma and your fear hurt other people. Uh, even, even if you convince yourself that you're doing it for them. And I, I think that's why the story is so impactful. And that's why the game as a whole, despite the fact that it, maybe doesn't necessarily do anything perfectly or do anything that's particularly, you know, groundbreaking or original. It executes it really well. It it does these things in a way where it all makes sense, it's all grounded, and it's all, you know, you can debate it for days if you want to, but realistically speaking, I, I think that's what a lot of people in his shoes would have done. And, and it's how do you wrestle, how do you heal in a world that it's still hurting yeah for sure and now ellie has that too so that's i i'm very curious to see where they take that um and i want to know how she feels about that decision too because i think she totally knows. i'm curious to see when she finds out i think she knows already i think she knows he's lying Ooh, okay that could be a direction they take it yeah last of us did do a good job of making you like damn i can't wait for this <laughs> yeah <sequel." laughs> oh i know i'm i'm ready I have a negative. Absolutely. I have a negative about yeah. the story, but it also okay. kind of goes into the gameplay. <laughs> so it's, I guess it's a, again, a, a bigger negative of the gameplay than the story, but they go with the, the cliche theme of the humans are scarier than the zombies. Right. Yeah. And, um, during the game, I was not afraid of the humans at all. 
Oh no, yeah. I would rather fight it, humans for days. But when I when I <laughs> heard a clicker, not even saw one, just heard one. Yeah, my butt cheeks clenched so hard. I, yeah, I, and go, th- I think they need to do a better job with that theme in the sequel, making sure. you not necessarily more scared of the humans, but as scared, at least as scared. I think. Yeah, something weird about the game. I think uh, um, it introduced. It never introduced the stalkers, did it? They just show up and they're like in the world all of a sudden. I don't remember them ever being like specifically introduced the way they do with all the other types of zombies. Uh, I don't remember. The only reason I even know the name Stalkers is because I remember Ellie saying it at one point and yeah. me being like, okay, so those are different zombies. Because I remember that section where you're protecting Sam. I basically, I got up into this little like loading dock cube and I'm just, I'm running out of bullets on all my guns and like no matter what i do these things are just hunting me down you know whether whether i'm stealthy or not like they just found me and i you know those were the stalkers it's the guys that just run at you like world war z pile right. up on each other and, and and it's wild uh those horrified me um particularly that section where you're just fighting them um and i was running out of everything it was a lot but yeah i definitely think they can do a better job of of making the human scary but i think they did a good job with it with the right people, like I said, with Daniel, I wanted, like, that dude, while, like, mechanically, you know, like, as a, I, I guess as a survival horror game, like, the gameplay necessarily, I wasn't scared of, like, having to take him down, like, I, I think I could figure it out. Tonally, which I guess for me kind of affects me more, I was certainly scared of him and what he was going to do to Ellie. And I found, that's something I found myself in this game a lot, and I do it in a lot of games, I do it in, like, Mario Kart, but... I would get like really bad neck pain from just holding tension because of I think part of it is like just like the elements that you're in when you're encountering stuff like usually when you're fighting clickers you're in this dark ass room True. you can't see anything without a flashlight um when you're fighting David you're in a bar that's burning down like it's kind of dark you got to hide away from him and a lot of times when you're fighting the humans you're in, like daylight yeah yeah David's the cannibal guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Is Daniel a different character? No, no. I just couldn't remember his name. Okay. I was confused. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why am I not remembering him? Yeah. I, okay. I, I just want to make sure. David. I, yeah. I was less scared of him like considerably this time than I was the first time I played through the game. I think it's mainly because of the overload of zombie media where David's almost a mm. cliche character as well. Because yeah. Walking Dead, that section of The Last of Us, that the game, um, they had that exact same arc in yeah. Walking yeah. Dead, the whole cannibal part. I'm like, okay, I've I've seen this, I've done this, I know what to expect. Wasn't that shocking? This it was time. it was the cannibal com- combined with the the kitty toucher and like yeah. and that being directed at Ellie. Right. Um that that got me. But yeah, that that's why I say like I've seen that character a million different times. Mm-hmm. But it felt, to me, it felt particularly effective in this game. That's because you never had the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, any last notes, or do we feel like we can we can move to to our little vote? Have you seen the joke ending to this game? No. No. <laughs> uh, Naughty Dog or PlayStation? They put up. Um, for those of you who are listening, and you're like, oh, I. I learned nothing new here or whatever. I don't know. At least if you don't know, then there's this. There's, they put up, um, they told uh, Troy Baker, playing Joel, and he's, mm-hmm. they have a video recording of them in their mocap suits. 
And they have yeah. also with the animated next to it. And they tell him, actually, they yeah, they just tell him, keep going no matter what happens. Just oh, keep okay. going. Yeah, find yeah, out yeah. what happens. And they just keep go along with it, whatever. And they they had, um, what's the Firefly leader's name? Marlene. Name? At the end. Marlene, yeah, Marlene. at the end. Uh, basically, she, she starts singing, like, stop. <laughs> Uh, you can't take her Joel, whatever. But she's like, they turn it into like an opera, and then oh my God. Troy Baker, my, the the man, you know, he went along <laughs> with it and starts throwing his own bars in the opera, and it's I don't want to say. Oh, anymore, I gotta find yeah. that. Oh, you have to see give me a link, and I'll I'll put that in the the description for this episode. Oh, speaking of opera, the music is delightful in this game. Oh. I almost forgot one of the most delightful moments, and I want to know particularly Benetados if you picked this up because it was a music thing. It's when you're finally getting to the hospital, and you're walking through the tent, and it's the first time that you see Ellie and Joel talk about what happened to Sarah. Um, and there's this music playing that's like kind of light and emotional, right? And you think it's supposed to be like, oh, we're here, and and they're talking, and they're healing, and they're growing, and it's all of this. But the music, I remember in my notes, I just wrote funk. It just got funky, like in a in a eerie in an eerie funky way, like a like something smells off here. And it's like it was still like this weird uplifting music, but it had something something sinister in it. And knowing what happened, I thought it was such a wonderful representation of this like this false moment of of hope and expectations that ends up being this really nasty thing when you get there. I do not remember that. I. I just remember the main theme. Happy music for the giraffe. <laughs> oh, the oh, giraffes yeah. are great. <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember that, though, no. Hey, everyone. Before we vote, we just wanted to take a minute to thank all of our wonderful donors who donated to our Indiegogo campaign during our launch week. We are currently running a campaign to help get our shows up and running. So, we would like to give a special shout-out to all of our founding parents. This includes Adriana Larcón, Juan Zorrilla, Will Williams, Anne Baird, Jerry Benetados, Katrina Scott, and Carolina Rivero. Thank you so much for your support. You really don't understand what it means to all of us. If you're listening and wondering how you can support the show, you can always go to whimsicproductions.com. From there, you can get links to just about anything you might want to see about any of our shows, including links to our currently running Indiegogo and links to our Patreon. We've come up with a lot of wonderful ways for everyone to get involved in the community, and we recently revised all of our tiers to make them a little more accessible and meaningful for everyone. So, please go give it a look. Regardless of whether you donate or not, we thank you all for your support. And if you could share the shows you enjoy, it would go a really long way to helping more people join in on the fun. Again, thank you so much to all of our founding parents and donors for your vote of confidence in the shows. We've got plenty of wonderful content lined up for you. With that said, I'll get out of the way and let you get back to our review of The Last of Us. Before we vote, real quick, do you guys have a super fast prediction for next game? Whether it be like a gameplay thing that you want or like a story thing you think will happen? What's like the number one prediction you got? Or or a character death, maybe? Joel's gonna bite it. I think Joel will bite it. Yeah, Joel's not yeah. gonna survive again. Joel's I... gonna bite it, and and that's gonna be some sort of moment of forgiveness. I think the fact that you don't guess. you don't play as him is a big hint. Like, oh, 
you'll probably die. <laughs> yeah. You know? But apparently they said you'd only play as Joel in this game, and then you ended up playing as Ellie. So they might be lying True. about that. Um, from what I've seen, which is very little, Do you it think looks. That he's gonna tell her before he dies. I think he's gonna tell her towards like, if I had to put like guesses on it, towards the end of like the first act or like early second act, and it's gonna be drama for a big portion of the game, and then they're gonna kind of be okay with it, and like the moment of forgiveness is gonna be this big dramatic death. I hope they surprise me and they don't go. Oh, you mean her but... and Joel get into a fight at some point in the game? yeah okay that would be interesting i kind of i want that to happen actually like i feel like she's gonna run into somebody and then like find out like the actual yeah. truth and then she's gonna bring it up to him like what the exactly. fuck? i think i heard a couple years ago a theory that he's already dead and he's just in her mind at this um, in this game that'd be kind of cool i would not like that i want joel in the story part of me wants form. her to be the one to kill him and I don't, Ugh, I don't know. No. Well, th- th- they could go about it in two ways. It could be like a Walking Dead season one kind of <laughs> emotional thing where she has to kill him. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Or it could be Joel goes full villain, and she's like, "Whoa, I'm not about this." I would hate. And that. I, you think I would you hate would that hate that? One. Yeah, I I think that'd be kind of cool. What if she had to kill him at the beginning? Um, but we didn't know that. And the rest of the game watch is talking about him. It's just mad. I think I would hate that too. <laughs> it was all a dream. And then I'm pretty yeah. sure it it's going to be more stealth reliant because she's not as strong as Joel is. Yeah, it'll be very stealth. I hope so. I, I think I think her she's stealth sections out, were, were really years. tight. I enjoyed those. Yeah. Gonna go she's going to go blindfolded with a samurai sword <laughs> and just cut through everybody. Alrighty, so I think we have enough thoughts to uh, to put this to a vote. So, in the case of the original Last of Us, I guess remastered edition, um, not necessarily. How does everyone vote? I definitely vote that you should buy it, despite all my nitpicking, without question. I vote buy it, especially before two, if you want like um, to know the backstory and actually connect to the characters beforehand. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um, despite our nitpicks, the game I, I think is still a masterpiece in many ways. It's one of the best narratives you'll find in a game, and for that reason alone, like buy it hundred percent. For sure. Yeah. I do really love the game. However, I th- I could have just watched the game. And when yeah. I did play it, I was done with it. So therefore, and now that the game's free, I do not think you should buy it. That's I don't fair. think you have I, to I buy it. I think the gameplay's tight and the story is good, but I also think that if you're gonna play part two and you don't want to drop extra money on another game, you could just watch it and get the impact. Gotta make the gameplay uh, more interesting. Yeah, like That's the biggest of, thing. Um uh, movie. I'm a little sad though that they I said there's no multiplayer for the second one i think i'm like, okay I with really that like <laughs> yeah yeah no bro i like that bro multiplayer you got to play as your own i didn't even touch fighting. the multiplayer i didn't either <laughs> yeah i've heard good things i heard it's not terrible oh wait amanda what are your thoughts after hearing everything oh she has to type something what are your thoughts after hearing all that about the game 
Buy Would it you no. buy it though? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Question mark. She'd buy it. Hey, She'd buy it. it. Hey, all right. <laughs> so, in the case of The Last of Us Part One, with a vote of four yays to one nay, we think that you should buy it though. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was a fun little game to play. A nice, a nice little stroll to take through the, the apocalypse and. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to this, be sure to tune in next week for our review of The Last of Us, Part 2. We'll talk at you next week. Goodbye. Later, Gators. The Boomer. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>